If you listened to the last episode of The Unknown Studio, you heard John Kamech interviewing Santa Claus, one of the mall Santas, on the Edmonton City segment. John had such a great time talking with this gentleman who played Santa Claus that we decided today on Christmas Day to release a very special episode of The Unknown Studio that captures the entire 40 or so minutes that John spent with Santa Claus. So here it is, a special episode of The Unknown Studio. Merry Christmas, everybody, from me and all of my podcasting colleagues. No introduction. He goes by what, Father Christmas, Père Noël, Chris Kringle, Nicholas, Saint Nicholas, Saint Nicholas, um, Babo Natale, I think. Oh, that's a good one. Italian, yeah. And so, of course, uh, I'm here with Santa Claus. The uh, he's the current Santa Claus at Southgate Mall. Right. Right. And how long have you been doing it? Uh, five years. So you've been at uh, five years. Total of five years. Uh, not full time here. Okay, I've been all over. Okay. I go everywhere. Okay, I am Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, how did you get into being doing the Santa gig? For my grandkids. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. About uh, eight, ten years ago, and uh, I would go out checking. And, the list twice, you know, on the street, and then I started doing it for friends. Then I ran into my agent, and I started doing it in the stores. Oh, great! Yeah. Um, so now, so has it always been in Edmonton? Have you always been doing it in Edmonton? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, but I am uh, moving to Mexico. Really? In uh, March. Wow. So I've been talking to some people down there, and they don't do much. Down no. There. So uh, there's uh, a couple of malls down there that I've been chatting with. Okay. And uh, it looks really good. Oh, great! Like fun and <laughs> very different. How so? Well, I mean, the first thing was is I don't speak Spanish, but then I told them I don't speak Ukrainian. I don't speak. Urdu, I don't speak Hindu, I don't speak any other language. But with kids, you don't need it. So it's uh, it should be fun. It should be a real fun thing. So now, how do your how do your grandkids respond to? Um, so I that's actually an interesting point. How do yeah. how do you how do your grandkids uh, deal with the whole Santa myth? Well, actually, it, the way I did it, and and they fell for it, or whatever you wish to say, <laughs> or, or they let me off the hook. But I, you know, I explained to them that Batman is, is uh, Bruce Wayne, and, and uh, Spider-Man is Peter whoever, and, and so Santa Claus is Francis Dryden. They thought that was pretty neat. I got my suits hanging in the closet. I don't hide anything. And all of a sudden, the uh, first of August, I start growing a beard. So, so no, this is your suit. Well, it's, it's what I use, yeah. So, how many do you, do you have? Multiple suits? 
Oh, oh, yeah, oh, suits, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I got this. This one here is my favorite. Okay, but I, I got uh, really lightweight stuff. You know that this, it's uh, that micro stitch. Okay, nice stuff. And uh, I go formal. Okay, I got formal stuff that I do. You know when I do adult parties and so on. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean risque. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean parties where there's adults. Yeah. And uh, I, I got stuff I do there, and it's pretty neat, uh, but I get all dressed up in that. So you also have the latest technology. I do. <laughs> I couldn't live without it. Um, we, uh, one question I had was, because um, actually yesterday we were down at West Edmonton Mall, and one of my colleagues was saying how much at this time of the year he didn't like malls just because of the pace, you know, and the franticness. Yeah. And so I was wondering how do you deal with, like, do you enjoy being in the mall um, for the duration of the job? Do you, how do you deal with that? Uh, yeah, uh, I do. I, I like, uh, like, I, I like to go through the mall on my way to the stand and just, you know, talking to people along the way. And, uh, I mean, I really enjoy that. The stores, go into the stores and, Talk to the uh, talk to the uh, nice. <laughs> the uh, you know the the clerks and so on and so forth and make sure they got this and they got that so I can tell them where that is and that is and I do that I, I like that uh, as far as myself you know they say I start the beard August the first and uh, shave it off on December twenty fourth <laughs> and. Uh, the uh, uh, like it started this year here, November the twelfth. So by the time December twenty fourth comes around, all I want to do is see the business end of a razor. <laughs> that is it. I got sheep shears in. I take this off, and then I shave, and I go out to dinner, and that's the end of it. Because it's pretty impressive beard growth for only it a couple grows months. Good. I I, uh, <laughs> I I have never grown beard as such, but I knew I could, because when I was about your age, I was living up in the Yukon. Okay. So they had beard growing contests there. And you had a you had a shave clean on January first in a barber shop. Yeah. And you paid a hundred bucks. That was in nineteen seventy two. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Hundred bucks. That was the bet. So uh, winner takes all. And one of the, the judges in that contest was uh, Madame Chrétien, you know, Jean Chrétien's yeah. wife. Because he was the Minister of Indian Affairs at the time. Okay. Anyway, she was up there, and she was one of the judges. But, uh, you know, 1972, so I was like 30. Okay? And I let this beard go and uh, had the shave and went. And it just came out a big red mess. <laughs> so I won the contest, no hand down. <laughs> 44 people in it, I won 4,400 bucks. And then I went home shaved. I, was, I didn't like, I don't like facial hair at all. Yeah. You know. But uh, I knew I could do this. So, and I, so I started beard August 1st. I knew you'd have lots of beard by, you know, the end of October. I'd have lots of beard. And start summers in November, and I'm fine. Hmm. So that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah. But this is the formal stuff. So. Cool. Yeah, very neat. <laughs> I just get the tux and the nice. and the red accessories, eh? <laughs>
and that's Mrs. Claus. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, uh, how how is how is your perspective on the job changed since you started? Uh, well, I'll tell you one thing. I I I like to see it. It happens everywhere, um, and what I refer to is. When I first came on, there was a lot of rules. Yeah. Right? And and I don't mind that. I mean, that's, you know, I just don't mind it. It's like dress codes. Yeah. There are no more dress codes. Started as casual Fridays or whatever, and now it's casual every day. Uh, business casual means, to me, means a guy gets another tie-tie. That's all it means to me. <laughs> but uh, when it first came out, you know, you had to have your old beard. Now, like you go to like West Edmonton Mall, and the guy's there with a phony beard on. Ah, that's terrible as far as I can say. <laughs> that's an insult to the kids. They're smarter than that. And even with this, they sometimes think there's something the matter with it. But, uh, you know, it's at least it's a tellable story. But not when you have one of those things on. But I, so I don't care for that. And as I say, they, uh, uh, I still go get it. I have to go, you know, like every August when I get my thing done, I go get my, uh, they call it a CPIC. You know, you get the, the police, that's what I was told to do, you know, every year. Mm -hmm. I go get the police check done. Because what happens from year to year if a guy changes over the year, you know, into something stupid. Yeah. And, and so, uh, but... You know, I give it to someone, they look at it, and I say, well, but it used to be quite stringent about it. And okay. I think in some places, like the guy I'm with, he's very stringent about it. So I like that. I think that guys with, the, you know, it's, it's it's a levity thing for adults, which is very important to kids. Yeah. And I, I really think that the uh, a lot of those rules would be very, very heavy. You know, you shouldn't have weird guys running around. It's easy to grow a beard and anyone can do it. Yeah. You know? Huh? Yeah, it's something... Uh, easy to buy a suit. Anyone can do it. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it's, I guess it's something that uh, you definitely have to be careful of. You haven't... Uh, I guess, it's, yeah, it's something that I'm sure people think of. I'm well, sure. They, they should. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. They should. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I mean, when yeah. your kids are growing up there, you know? But, you know, you say some wrong things sometimes. You say some things. You never know what's what somebody's going to do. You know, like, for instance, you get a lot of kids and they want some pretty expensive electronic equipment now. You know, they're asking for laptops, Xbox 360, all that. You know, <laughs> this stuff's all three, four hundred. Yeah. Uh, laptops, uh, iPad. I had a three-year-old ask for an iPad. A three-year-old. And, and so what I say is, you know, that basically is that the elves know anything about electronics. They can't build them. So if you want something like that, you talk to mom and dad about that. If you like something that's a toy, Santa could do that. Hmm. But I don't do electronics. And lo and behold, I get a lady throwing a, a complaint to the mall. They told her kid she couldn't have a Xbox 360. I never told her kid that. I said I don't build them. I didn't tell her she couldn't have one. And that kid was, you know, six, seven years old. Yeah. It wasn't. Why would they spend four or five hundred dollars on a 
computer toy for a kid. It's not, but it's not my business. Yeah. But it's not my business to say yes, they can, because there's a lot of people come up there, and I can see they appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, a little other things like you know, say this DS. You know, the little handheld. Yeah. Puzzle. Nintendo thing. DS. Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah. That kind of stuff I don't mind. But the big thing is know something about the thing. So when you're talking to the kid, at least you be intelligent with him because he knows. Yeah. You know. So I asked them about the colors. You know, they're all in colors and everything. You see what color they like. That's important to them. You know. And I don't mind asking them. But as I say, once they get beyond that, you know, into, what they say, laptops, iPod touch. They say an iPod, I ask what color. You know, you want a turquoise one, whatever color, whatever rainbow that you want. Mm-hmm. And an iPod isn't very expensive. So, you know, I think most people can afford to do that for the kid. But when their iPod touch, you're looking at 200 bucks, say 225 bucks. That's uh, pretty heavy for some people. Yeah. So, and they got five kids. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, that's tough. So I, that's all I do. Yeah. You know, and I, and I always too. The other thing is touchy is is uh, we get a lot of kids that want pets. Mm. So I just tell them I can't bring pets on the sleigh. Can't build pets. <laughs> well, I can't build them, but I can't bring them on the sleigh yeah. either. You know, just can't do it because uh, they. Uh, I can't take them up to go wee wee or anything. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I. Uh, but I suggest maybe they go to the uh, to the rescue pets, you know, and rescue a pet. A little pet hasn't got a chance, yeah. you know, and uh, that gets pretty good reception from the parents, hmm. you know. Yeah. It goes over well. It sounds like you really develop, like, a very deep respect for kids and their intuition from the job, because you mentioned a couple times where you say, like, they know. Yeah. You know, when you're yep. when you're not being straight up with them. Yeah, you, you can't. You can't kid a kid. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and I don't want to kid a kid. You know, mm-hmm. really. I don't want to. And the other thing, and like just today, you know, it was nice because, uh, like, I'm involved heavily with the Masons and the Shriners. Mm-hmm. And uh, so today there's a little girl in, and she had an arm off here, mm-hmm. you know, just under her elbow. And uh, she had no prosthetic or anything. So after we're done, sweet little, sweet little, and after we're done, and I just nudged her mother over, and I got a, some of my cards, Shriner cards, because we got 22 hospitals that we work with this type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I gave the mother my card and asked her about prosthetic for the little girl. She says, we're, we're working with the Shriners now. She's very happy, and she tells the little girl that sent us a shrine. The little girl, she's only three or four. She understood. Mm-hmm. So that was really neat. <coughs> but uh, a couple of the other Santas that work for the same group that I do, uh, they brought in, uh, you know, kids get their names for, or they call me, the parents, you know, and we've done a few with that. That's that's good stuff. And uh, had one that called about a, uh, trying to get a, a trip, made, you know, the, well, didn't fit into the thing for, you know, this wish list or something. But a, 
a Shriner friend of mine runs another foundation called the Good Neighbors uh, Foundation, and they do things like that. So I called Bruce, and Bruce uh, put the thing together, called me the next day and says, hey, the kids are going to Disneyland, you know. <laughs> so that's wonderful stuff, you know. Yeah. And that's not for Christmas. That was just great when it, when it happened. Yeah, you're like you're basically running your own Make a Wish Foundation. Yeah, but it, it's it is, but it isn't. Yeah. And uh, so, and then I I do things like uh, um, the Shriners put on a big uh, party for the the hospital kids. We have ninety three hundred ninety three kids under treatment in northern Alberta. So uh, we did uh, a party at the Shrine Center for the kids and other kids, you know, the grandkids. But the main thing is for those kids from the hospital. And so I went into that one, you know, and it's, it was really great. It was a great party. And some of the kids are pretty big, you know. But it's amazing. Did you see upstairs or you were there for a while? Yeah. And the teenagers coming in. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's really neat. It's neat because they're sending pictures home to mom and taking pictures to mom. Hey, it makes a great little Christmas gift, eh? And mom's happy. Everybody's happy. These kids are coming in having a great time. How can you go wrong with that? Yeah. Yeah, the interesting thing I noticed after just, like, sitting there observing for a bit was that uh, the parents came out with as big as smiles on their faces as the yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I like to work with them, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's the big thing, too. The parents, you have to... Uh, yeah, it, I don't know. You, you, you work with them because you you don't want them to uh, you don't want to put them in a spot with the kid. You know, like you say, as I say, you say to the kid, "Oh yeah, you can have that Xbox, that's no, you know." Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't quite work that way. Yeah. But you can do it the wrong way too. Uh, you know, last year I had to undo a couple of couple of things that were done. Uh, one one guy, the, the kid asked for a telephone. A, a, a cell phone. Yeah. And instead of just saying, uh, you know, I don't do that, maybe you should talk to your mom about it. He says, no, you can't have it yourself. And then the kid breaks down crying. Mom's mad and everything else. And well, she, she should have been. So I went in after Christmas you know, <laughs> to the house, all dressed up in the, the stuff, and, you know, had a little Christmas for them. The next day. Wow. Yeah. And because uh, it was late in the season. Mm. Yeah. And a couple that were last minutes to show up on the 24th, you know. But they got out there, and here's the little guy. He's 18 months old. He's not going to remember that. Yeah. You know, so I think the parents are a little unreasonable in that situation, too, you know. But anyway, that's done and done. Everybody's happy, and that's all that matters. It would, uh, it sounds like it, you definitely need to be uh, a quick thinker in some yeah, of these things. on your feet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I worked, my background is, uh, actually, I, I started out in uh, radiotherapy, which is cancer treatment. And it, as it turned out, I, I was very, uh, my mother's word for it was spleeny, but the word is squeamish. Hmm. I didn't realize that until I got involved in this thing. And then I didn't want to turn back. But I finally, I couldn't take it any longer. I even went to work in an ambulance to see if I could inure myself to 
blood and guts, but I just couldn't do it. So I got out of that, and I went into sales at, at 21, you know. Hmm. And I've been, I worked all the way through my whole career in, in sales. And I think you do have to be fairly quick on your feet in order to survive. But I had to be quick on my feet when I was at the cancer clinic. When I say was a 18-year-old kid, and I got a 45-year-old woman disrobing in front of me, not to embarrass her or me, because yeah. my red face wouldn't work very good. <laughs> so you had to develop that kind of a, a, a situation. Yeah. You know? and, and that was good. And then, of course, I spent, even to this day, I, I'm uh, an old rock and roll drummer. I started playing for people in 1954. Wow. You know, like almost before Elvis Presley. <laughs> and uh, I still do. I'm 69 now. And I do, uh, you know, anymore. I, I can't do a whole night anymore. It just kills me, you know, four or five hours. Very hard. But I can do 45 minutes pretty good. So I go to these, quite a few joints have uh, uh, jam sessions. Mm. And I go to them. And I have a lot of fun. And the young guys think, well, that's pretty good. Hope when I'm 69, I can still be out having fun like yeah. this. Eh? And I can keep up with them for half hour, 45 minutes, and then I fall apart. Yeah. You know? But uh, that's good. And if I can do that until I'm 90, how can you go wrong with that? You live to be 90. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that, that part of my life, uh, and, and I played like for 20 years, between 64 and 84, I played six nights a week. Wow. And I worked six days a week. So it was pretty tough hours, you know. But you used to play a lot less then. You didn't, you know, this 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock in the morning stuff was out. But that's going away again, I think, with all the booze things. And everything, you know. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and I uh, I like that. But And this thing here, you know, it's not as tough as, as say, playing a night a rock and roll on a drum kit. But... Uh, it's pretty rough. I was going to ask you about that because when when I was at uh, when we were at West Ed yesterday, uh, we talked to Santa there. Or no, we, we didn't talk to Santa there. But when he was going on his break and he was walking out, I'm pretty we I I, I definitely hear, heard him say uh, Santa has to go take about four or five or backs a set. <laughs> oh, so uh, yeah, so, like, and he was definitely like. <laughs> so is is it? Uh, and I know when I set this interview up. Um, Dean mentioned uh, that there's one other guy off right now for the year for, from an overuse injury. So I wanted to ask about the like physical rigors of yeah. the job. <laughs> I think I got a I think I got a, a bit of a rotor cuff problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you take there, there's four or five hundred of those little duffers a day. They're 40, 50 pounds a piece. You know, yeah. Slugging them up, but I, something's here. But it's it's not bothering me that bad. Yeah. You know. I wear, sometimes I wear a brace mm -hmm. on my arm because it, it, it'll hurt. So I keep the brace around, you know. But I haven't had any. I'm lucky. Yeah. But I think that's partly due to, to this music thing, too. Because, you know, people don't, like, I'm a very active drummer. I'm not some old tippy-tappy guy. Yeah. My nickname was Captain Crunch. <laughs> 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 and, and, uh, 
but I'm a very active guy. You know, the feet are going and everything's going all over the place. So, so I think that that over the years, uh, not in particularly good condition. But you know, walking my puppies four or five times a day, I, I walk about two or three miles a day here. When I'm in Mexico, I walk six or eight miles a day. You know, I walk a lot. I think that's good, you know. And uh, my music and this, it, you know, a month and a half in here, yeah. hell of a workout. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it really is. And like you say, some guys just can't hack it. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that when I was doing when I was thinking about this segment was like when I actually started thinking about like doing it for a month and a half, like eight hours a day, like it was it sounds yeah, grueling. It's eight, it's eight hours. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. And uh, no, it's it, it has its rigors. No doubt. And I develop uh, you know, just I think it's just the dryness. I haven't got a cold. I got a cough. That's that that's a pain. You know, because It'll hit you at the worst possible time, every time. So I carry those lozenges, and I always have lots of water. So I survive it. Hmm. And and for out of the blue, just after we got started, I I got home and I was just sicker than a dog. I don't know, a little kid had a flu bug or something. Hmm. But uh, you know, it was whatever it was, 24 hours, and it was gone. Yeah. I got a couple of days off, and that was you know. It got me back on the way we go again. I haven't had any problems since. Good. So, and you know, you're going to get those things anyway. It doesn't matter. You can't insulate yourself. So, I, I, uh, I, I, you know, I think that there's some guys that maybe think that it's a piece of cake that you just go. And I know there's some guys that sit and the kids would just lean against them or stand there or something like that. And I think it's more fun to, you know, yeah. get close to the kid. Expects to sit on your knee and so on and so forth, and and all the the big kids, the adults, everything. I have always have them sit on knee. They get the biggest bang out of it in the world. <laughs> so now, is the toughest part dealing with the like like kids who are unhappy or like the parents who are angry or? Well, and you know, this I would say, no, the kids are unhappy. They're they're scared, but the, the parents keep trying to, you know, basically. We've told a couple, you know, actually said, you know, like, this isn't the studio, you know, you're not paying 150 an hour or 250 an hour for, for us to get a smile out of your kid, you know, 15 bucks for a picture. Yeah. And we spend some time with them, you know, and, and uh, but you haven't, you haven't got time for this. And, and you know, a lot of times you get some kids, really neat kids. Know, they've got lots to say and they're interesting and you kind of got to move them on and then the next thing you know you're sitting there wasting five minutes on some screaming brat that you and you never get a picture of him anyway yeah and his mother's mad at you and everybody's mad you know that doesn't make any sense but that's the parent doesn't have any sense it's not the kid the kid doesn't know any different he's one and a half years old yeah what's he know parents or you get a little teeny guy you know like he's six months old and they're sitting there, smile, smile, you know, and they're really ticked that the kid didn't smile. Yeah. He doesn't speak the language of the realm yet. You know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, a lot of these people should maybe try studios. Yeah. And, and and see what the real thing is. But they don't. They rarely get up to a thing like this. But there's a, you know, I mean, I, there's, there's, 
I'm not citing any cases or names, but there are just people that are absolutely unreasonable. And I'm from the old school of, you know, of stores and retail and business and everything else, that the customer is not always right. <laughs> yeah. You know they aren't. Yeah. And anybody wants to argue that, I'll argue it any day of the week. You know, but they aren't always right. And uh, even though they think they are. So, you know, I, I mean, some of them, over the smallest thing, you know, they want to kick up a thing. First question I say, well, what do you want? You know, do you want some kind of a cash settlement or something? You know, <laughs> you want a, uh, you know, gift card or what, what is yeah. it you're really looking for? Yeah. You know, I don't understand that. I would never do it myself. Mm -hmm. And not, it's such a small percentage. You see the numbers that we see here. You know, I would say right now we're running four or five, maybe six hundred kids a day. Yeah. You know, and they all got parents. Yeah. They're all here on their own. You know, so you know, there's a lot of people in, around, and very, very few people are unreasonable, and most of them are really, really terrific. You know, they're supportive of their kids. They're supportive of of the, uh, you know, the Christmas thing and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And I think it's great. And onward and upward, you know. And uh, I just don't understand. I guess some people are just like that. They're just nasty and nasty in nature. Yeah. And we've come up with a new thing, my wife and I. Uh, stay above the fray. You know, that's that's a good place to be. Yeah. You know, just stay above it and just float and, and uh, enjoy everything that's going on. And and uh, I don't I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, people are people, kids are kids, I'm me. <laughs> yeah. So now what, uh, is it the Shriners that you work on yeah. for the rest of the year? No, no. Uh, like Shrine is a, like a, a concordant body of Freemasonry. Okay. Shrine is kind of considered the playground of, of Freemasonry, yeah. you know. But it's it's a big deal because, as I say, in North America we have 22 hospitals, children's hospitals. Yes. Yeah. And they're mostly for orthopedics, but we do, you know, brittle bone disease. Things that take a long, long time to work. Things that, say, for instance, maybe the stollery, you know, you wouldn't see a kid probably go to our hospitals for a heart replacement. That's not where we're at. But things that take a long time to, to fix, that's where we're at. So brittle bone. We even work with dwarfism. Hmm. You know, there's a kid in Calgary that's, he's happier in heck to be about five foot six now. He didn't have a chance of going over about four foot two. And he's a happy camper. You know, <laughs> taking a long time. Yeah. Yeah. But we, uh, with the Shriners, they, as they say, they have one hospital in Mexico City. And as I mentioned, I'm moving to Mexico. So there's a Shrine Club in the little town I'm in. And they send kids to Mexico City. There's a uh, new hospital going in Montreal. And that's the project that we'll be working on now, raising money for. Hmm. But uh, don't usually go to the public for the money. Hmm. That's not our style. You know, uh, we'll raise the money whichever way we can. Mm. Um, and uh, there is
is a hospital in Montreal, but they can't do anything. They can't expand it because it's on Mont Royal. Okay. And there's no more building going on there. Hmm. <coughs> so this new one's going to be attached to the McGill uh, Hospital Center. Hmm. And, and uh, beautiful, beautiful new facility. And the Shriners have already put $97 million into it. Oh. That's a lot of bread. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then they have 20 hospitals in the continental U.S. Well, 19 in the continental U.S., one in Hawaii. So that's a lot of hospitals. And it runs uh, in the area of $3 million a day to run those hospitals. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Serious dole. So, and, and all the patients and the kids are, uh, are their movement to and from the hospitals all covered hmm. yeah. by the Shriners. Yeah. But we get help. There's uh, things like uh, WestJet. Okay. WestJet uh, has kicked in a pile of uh, two-way tickets, you know, round-trip tickets. That we can put the, as long as it's within their world, you know, and they do that. So that's that's a big deal. You know, we like West Jump real good. Maybe Air Canada will do it someday. <laughs> I'm not going to hold my breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now I guess yeah. lastly, like, yeah. what would you say would be the only, like the lessons you've learned personally that you like translate to the rest of your life for from the job? From this? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I've always thought the world of kids. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and kids are important. And uh, their little ideas and everything they come up with. For, I never spent enough time with my own. So I would like to spend more with them. But now they're older than you. <laughs> And I'm not going to get much time spending. And uh, so I spend some time with my grandkids. And uh, but I really do. I, uh, you know, it's it's corny to say, well, the kids are the future of the world. Of course they are. You know, they are. And then another thing is, you've got to let go. This is where a lot of people get wrong. A young guy comes along as sharp. The old guys don't want to let go. And that's wrong. I don't care what anybody says, it's wrong. And uh, so I'm, I, I uh, really advocate that. You know, it, I see this all the time, you know, in the masonry as an example. You know, they're terrible for old guys hanging on forever, you know. Don't let the new guys do things. Mm -hmm. Why don't you trust them? You think you're smarter than them? Do you think you make more money? What do you think it is? You know, and they they uh, they just do it, and uh, I I don't care for that. I like to see the, the young guys. You got you got to let young guys go, and, and, and that's just you know, if a kid has a good idea, you know, go with that. You, you know, if your kid has a bad idea, try and talk about it. Don't try and beat him out of it. You know, and. Uh, uh, another thing, I, I guess, as long as the kids, is, uh, you know, like this stuff about bullying things, I do some work with that. And, uh, I do other charity work. I've 
almost now all I do is charge over. I don't really do that much at all. I retired a few years ago and I do a lot of charity work and, and most with kids. Mm. You know, I'm with a foundation where we double money you know, with Masonic or groups who come up with money. If they go with the charities that we work with, which are chosen because they don't uh, have, you know, 85% overhead, <laughs> you know, then yeah. there's lots of them. You know, mm -hmm. There's some with higher than that. I saw one today, 96% overhead. Four cents in the dollar that goes and does what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. That's UNICEF. It's pretty abysmal. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. The head guy in UNICEF gets $100,000 a month. Yeah. <laughs> and a Rolls Royce for a drive. Yeah. Hey, I'm not donating a penny to UNICEF. Yeah. But uh, we, we have these different, mostly local stuff. Yeah. They're, they're wonderful organizations, you know, like the Zebra, Zebra Child Protection Group, uh, ISTAR, which is the uh, Institute for Stuttering Treatment mm -hmm. and Research, uh, Crystal Kids. I human, um, great groups. So what we do is we kind of say push these groups at the Masonic organizations, and they like something, so they put the money in. We double the money and give it to them on on their behalf, not on our behalf. And uh, so that's that's good. But it was going out and seeing these kids, you know, and, and some of them are in desperate times. Or seeing the kids like at the Stuttering Institute, you figure if you couldn't communicate, you couldn't sit here and do yeah. this. That's yeah. a tough thing. Eh? Yeah. And this thing really works. Yeah. These kids overcome that. Yeah. And uh, uh, we had a group here, uh, Wavepoint, that we were working with with that uh, attention deficit disorder. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, they uh, went to the States somewhere and we don't see them anymore. Mm. But uh, that's the type of groups I like to work with. And that you know, that when somebody puts their bucks into the thing, that it gets to the root cause. It doesn't go to pay some movie star to sing a song on a TV channel that's charging you full pop, you know, for the advertising and stuff like yeah. that. So, uh, so that's what I like. Cool. Yeah. Great. Santa's a good old guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's. I mean, that's pretty much all I. Uh had to ask if you, unless you have anything to add. I don't think so. So you covered that. Uh, we did a lot, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. So you're looking forward to your future in uh, Mexico City? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't go to Mexico, no, Mexico, Mexico. Okay. No. I go into an area called uh, Lake Chapala. Okay. It's, uh, it's about 40 miles south of Guadalajara, in, up in the mountains. I'll be a hillbilly. <laughs> but it's uh, it's such a gorgeous area. It's paradise. Hmm. Uh, 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 there's, imagine, there's no furnaces or no air conditioners in any houses. Are there chimneys? Hmm? Are there chimneys, though? Oh. So how is Santa going to work? Huh? How is Santa going to work? Oh, I haven't used chimneys for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kill myself doing that. <laughs> no, I, uh, I like doors. But... Uh, it's so beautiful down there. It's it's just incredible, and it's an area where you can live in at a very reasonable rate. You know, I never was 
brilliant enough and I'll say that to any uh, young guy like yourself, you know, put away some dollars for the future. Yeah. Don't think you're going to croak when you're 40, you know, <laughs> life goes on. Yeah. And uh, you want to you wanna make sure that your money outlasts your life. You don't, cause a lot of people don't. Yeah. I work with some of them too, but it's a little sad. So, you, you know, people whose lives have really outlived their money. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's a tough one. You know, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Especially up here, we're freezing to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I work with a, a group and we manage a 200 suite um, subsidized housing for seniors. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a very nice place. And a lot of nice people there. It's well run, well maintained, good place. Awesome. So they can afford that, most of them, you know. But you imagine somebody who's making less than $10,000 a year, he can actually live there, mm -hmm. you know. That's not bad. I don't want to come to that myself, you know? but I, I don't think that I've been wise enough with my money that I could pass up on this thing to Mexico. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I can live really well down there on very little bucks, and that's really well. Mm -hmm. And I can have my fun with my Santa Claus. I'm taking my drum kit. They got some really neat bands down there. I'll start all over again. Mariachi, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, start over again. Awesome.